Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Zach Drew. Uh, last week, we broke down a video from Pastor Dana Coverstone that has gone absolutely viral on the internet. I mean, truly, collectively, there's been millions of, of views. Now, in the video, he shared an ominous dream that he was given by God, which detailed the major events that, um, well, have unfolded. One of the dreams was actually in December, and it pretty much detailed the COVID-19 crisis and the lockdowns of March and, and the riots of June. He saw people wearing masks. He saw riots. But he got two more dreams in the month of June that detail the next few months, even possibly, in America. The dream uh, has, been, has truly sent shockwaves through the Christian community. And, and you know what? I'm truly not incredibly surprised by that. And I don't think that you should either, especially those that watch this show. We know and we, and we pray for those that are in the pews, that are in the, that's in the church. The large majority of the church is asleep. But just remember that even in the physical realm when someone sleeps, if, if God forbid if we do sleep, I pray that we sleep lightly, that we can be awoken easily. But there are others in the body of Christ that must be shaken violently to awake from their slumber. This ominous warning given by Pastor Dana Coverstone, I believe, is that shaking to awake the body of Christ. We have a promise in Scripture that in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit, and He will give us visions and dreams. So this shouldn't catch you, uh, uh, you know, by surprise that someone is having a dream from the Lord, that young men are having visions. In Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it says this, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. You see, God speaks to his people. God speaks to his people. And the reason why God is giving his people so many visions and dreams right now, I believe, is because we're getting closer to his return. The time is short and God is sounding the alarm. He's doing it through people like our guest today. Here to discuss this video, among other things, uh, we have Pastor Dana Coverstone on the line with us right now. Hello, Pastor. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Thanks for having me with you, Dad. I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm, I'm so glad to be able to talk to you today. Listen, first off, I just want to start off, uh, before we get into the truly the nitty gritty, I want to start off with, with a personal question. You know, it, this all happened just two weeks ago, Pastor Dana. It, it was the first yeah. time you've ever had a video uh, go viral. Like I said, collectively, millions of views. Uh, and, you, and you said yourself in your video that you've, you've always kind of pastored small churches. It hasn't been mega churches. It's been, you know, uh, you know good churches of 100, 150, and you've been faithfully ministering for about 30 years now. And then out of nowhere, you're just put on the map. Uh, how has this changed your life? How has this changed your mind? What are you going through right now? It's been overwhelming. Um, it's like trying to navigate a ship, and I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to, you know, blow the wind in the way I need to go. Uh, it's it's impacting my family, my marriage. Uh, I, I work part time at, at a hospital just to make ends meet. Um, so I've had a lot more phone conversations, emails. Uh, my social media has blown up. Emails have blown up. Messenger. My my two daughters spent six hours each on Monday evening just going through friend requests and messages I'd had on Facebook, uh, plus our church website, plus our church Facebook page. Um, 
So I, I think the thing is that the, the dream struck a nerve with a lot of people and it, it confirmed some things to them. And I've heard from hundreds of people, and I mean hundreds of people who have said, you know, we felt that something big was coming. We felt that something hard was coming. And, and so most of the comments I've gotten have been very, very positive, encouraging a lot. I'm getting messages from a lot of people who are praying for me and praying for my family and lifting us up. And I, I appreciate that because um, it, not all the comments have been kind and nice. I've been called I a know, lot of interesting. I know. I've seen that, but, yes. Uh, the Lord's been faithful to take care of us and meet our needs. And and uh, I'm still just overwhelmed that <laughs> I'm just overwhelmed at what God's done because I never expected this by any means at all. Amen. And we're praying for you. And I want to encourage anybody watching today to pray for Pastor Dana Coverstone and his family. Dana, you saw, and I want you to go into it a little bit. You saw troublesome images of DC, of the White House uh, in your dreams, specifically even the Oval Office, you know, with the election right around the corner. Can you kind of just start off by telling us, breaking down what you saw concerning the White House? That second dream that I had, I had on Monday night, June the 22nd of 2020, just a few weeks ago. And uh, in that dream, I saw a calendar that had flipped from, from August, June, July, August, September, and a finger underlined September and tapped it three times. And then October flipped, and then finally it showed the month of November. And that same finger underlined it, but instead of tapping it, it made it balled up into a fist, and it just struck that calendar violently, almost as if the, the calendar was mm -hmm. pushed back into the wall. Even the numbers kind of flew off. And so to me, something was, was very catastrophic going to happen either in November or was building up to that because I didn't see anything after that. Uh, but what I saw in Washington was fires. I saw violence. I saw darkness and, and just grimy, just like grimy areas. I, I was standing at the, uh, at the National Mall. I could see dark clouds and skies over the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, and th those monuments were very dirty, not damaged or broken, but just very dirty and dingy. Uh, and the sky around the White House was very, very dark and a dingy gray dark. And mostly I saw an empty White House. And I mean no one in the building at all. I saw an empty Oval Office. I saw the curtains were closed. Um, I saw also. I just saw no activity on the ground, no cabinet members, no secretaries, no secret service. I saw an empty White House, and uh, you know whoever is elected in November, they're still the president, or President Trump will still be the president until the inauguration in January. And I've had all sorts of people of all the things in the dream that I shared. This has been the one that most people have either hammered on or said, "Hey, this is what that means," or perhaps our president was in the bunker or whatever. And and I'm I'm a I, I physically will say this. I'm a Trump supporter. I appreciate our president. I pray for our president, and I pray for Amen. all the presidents that I have been, you know, lived under, uh, all the way back to Reagan. Um, but I, I didn't see any activity. It was this. It, it was if the White House had been abandoned, like leaderless. Um, yeah, a leaderless Washington, um, which you can have even while you have people in power and authority. And, that, and a lot of folks have taken that and want to run with it and make all sorts of ideas. I'm just sharing what I saw. The dream, the second dream I had woke me up. My heart rate, according to my Fitbit, was over 180. And I, it was one of those, it, was like, it wasn't a nightmare. It wasn't a night terror. I woke up knowing, okay, I just saw something. And I, I wrote some of it down. I, I talked some of it out. I kind of walked and I paced and I prayed. I was, I actually came over. I live in a parsonage right next to the church. So I just walked to the church and, uh, and paced and prayed and paced and prayed and just, it took me a while to kind of calm down from what I'd seen. I, 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 I'm an American. I love this country. 
I pray for our country. I pray for our leaders. I pray for our president on a daily basis. And uh, this, to me, was was alarming, mm-hmm. um, frightening, terrifying. Because, but I think also every American knows there's something wrong, something wrong in our country. And That's right. Nobody yes. can put a finger exactly on it, but we all know that. And that's, I appreciate you pull, pull, um, saying that one specific point about leaderlessness in D.C. because leaderless, leaderlessness, it was, was it as if there was no true leaders? Because you can have bad leaders uh, and true good leaders. Was it as if there was no good leaders or were there no leaders whatsoever, good or bad leaders in D.C.? All I saw was an empty White House. And to empty me, the White, White House... House- it represents the pinnacle of power of leadership in this country. I saw an empty White House. Uh, it doesn't mean we didn't have a president. It just means there was nobody in the White House. The whole White mm-hmm. House was empty. That's what I yes. saw. Yeah, and I understand that. Uh, you know, and something else, um, and, and, and you, I'm, I'm going to say this, and, and you might say, you know, Zach, I can't say one way or the other. All I can say is simply what's in my dream. But just food for thought and, 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 and shut me down. Please. I mean, you have the right to shut me down if you think, well, that just couldn't be it. But just food for thought and food for the audience. You said that Washington, uh, uh, it was dark. Um, You also said, you know, in one of your videos, as if it was nighttime, it's just darkness, nighttime. And at one point in time, you said that you saw Senate members with briefcases at a long conference table. We played that on on our last video last Friday. And you saw maybe even possibly dozens of briefcases. And, and it's very important, as we know, in God dreams, the things that stick out are the things that, uh, you know, we know that God is bringing attention to. And it's very interesting thing that the Lord would bring attention to all of the briefcases that, were, that they all had and that were on the table. Um, you said that um, Trump is, is, is not in D.C. It is empty. Even the secretary to the Oval Office, gone. They're just gone. You even said during uh, one particular interview that I, I listened to you uh, on, on Prophecy Watch that after this section, you continue to see more chaos in the skies. So we have, we have you know, the, the, the briefcases, to me, Dana, could that mean a lack of technology, having to resort to a way of the past? DC is dark. Trump is not in, in D.C. It, it's empty. Like I said, even the secretary is gone. You know, f- it, one, of your, one of your visions, and, and like I said, uh, you know, I'm kind of playing off the fact that most people that are watching the show watch the last Friday show as well. You saw Russian, Chinese, even U.N. soldiers throughout America. Something absolutely crazy would have to take place for that to happen. And one of those things, darkness, briefcases, no technology, no leader in, in D.C., could this possibly mean that some type of EMP was detonated or maybe some type of solar flare? Do you have any thoughts on that, Dana? When I think of briefcases, I think of uh, business. I think of several decades from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Briefcases were the things that every businessman, attorney, professional person had. Uh, so, and once again, I'm, a lot of interpretations have come out, and I, I still replay this thing in my brain about five or ten times a day. Every time I talk about it, sure. uh, I, I, I don't think I don't see new things. I'm not adding to it, but 
more details, you know, from time to time come out. The more you talk about something, the more you realize. And I have an initial time I sat down and wrote out the dreams, had my daughter write them out for me. And I go back and I'm not I'm not added to those to those those papers. But the specific briefcases to me is a time thing. And I don't know if there was an EMP. I saw darkness, I saw fires, I saw I saw chaos. But to me, it represents um, maybe things happening in leadership going back decades uh, mm-hmm. that impacted what was happening in the White House at that moment. And, and I'm, I'm also going to be very, very careful. I don't want some federal agent showing up at my house at 2 in the morning saying, okay, we need to talk to you. Um, I had a dream, you know. And in that dream, I saw some things happen that involved the Senate. There was no House of Representative member. There was no Cabinet members. Um, so am I trying to say there's some, you know, by the, by, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying what I saw. Sure. But the briefcases to me take us back to several decades, you know, decades ago, which could be a connection back in time. Has there been some plot, some plan, something that, that nobody knows about that's been hatched, you know, decades ago, back when business business people use briefcases? You know, that, that was what came to me. Uh, the EMP thought was has been there. I've not focused on it because I knew that the, some of the violence and things I saw, uh, the, the explosions and the attacks, I knew were not nuclear. Just in my spirit sense, it was not nuclear. Uh, could it be an EMP? Sure. Uh, could it be more to it? Could there be you know vicious coups and plots and deep state things going on that we don't know about? Well, of course. But uh, I'm just trying to be real careful in in. I don't want people to say, oh, well, he said this or he said that. I'm just, I just shared the dream of what I saw, you know, and, and, go from, and go from there. So, And Dana, we know that the Lord is totally in control. We know that. We understand that. The things that he allows to come on the earth and the things that he doesn't allow to come on the earth. And we understand that he will work all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Listen, I think there's a shaking coming. And I think that this shaking is sent by the Lord to wake up the church. Now, there are certain things that are set in stone. As you know, as a pastor, Dana, and I'm a minister as well, we know there are certain things that no man can come against. No man can can pray out. Certain things have already been recorded, the prophetic scriptures, certain things in Daniel, in Isaiah, in the book of Revelation. There are certain things that, like I said, no one can alter that will of the Lord. Do you think these things, this radical shaking that in your dream you saw in America, is it set in stone? Or is there something that the church can do? Can we pray this away? Or is it ordained to come to wake the church? What Daniel saw in his dreams were things of the future and the history that was going to happen. Uh, in Daniel 9:14, he makes a statement, Therefore the Lord has kept the calamity in store and brought it on us. For the Lord our God is righteous with respect to, to all his deeds which he has done, but we have not obeyed his voice. Uh, there's always an if-then principle in Scripture. If we will do this, then God will do that. If we re- repent, He'll you know, in turn. And even the prophets of old, even though they gave these these terrible, tragic uh, possibilities and judgment was coming, there was always that that hope of. But if you return to me, if you return to me, if you return to me, um, I believe that some of the th- the first dream I had, I saw those things happen. And I'm not saying that everything will happen as I saw it in the second dream. Uh, the primary thing, the, the dream with the coins, by, I posted that, that video of all three dreams on Wednesday. By Friday, people were sending me 
uh, pictures of, you know, a lady in Miami, Florida went through a McDonald's drive-thru and sent me a message or sent me a picture of the McDonald's drive-thru screen that said, we, we have no change. We need, we, you know, we don't, we don't have any change. Um, so a lot of folks think that, that that would qualify the second vision. I just shared a dream that I had so people would know what I saw. Um, do I believe God answers prayer? Yes. Do I believe that God changes things? Yes. But I also believe that there is a church in America that thinks it's exempt from judgment or, or, uh, or, or martyrdom or persecution. And in Nigeria right now, they're killing Christians at an incredible rate to the point that uh, Voice of the Martyrs and other groups are saying this is a genocide event. Uh, if you're a Muslim, become a Christian, you are either killed, you're asked, you're, uh, left, you, your family uh, abandons you, leaves you alone, or you're, you're forced out. And, and for some reason, we have thought that because we've been blessed, and we have been blessed as a nation, we have been blessed as a church, we send missionaries and money around the world, but the idea that, and I've had people tell me, oh, now, Pastor Daniel, you know, this dream, that's, we're going to pray these things don't happen because God's going to bless us and prosper us. I've even had folks tell me that they're going to pray that their investments in the stocks or whatever will be stronger when all these, if these things happen, that the, their investments will be better on the other side. And I think, oh, man, you missed the point. The whole point of the dream, I believe, that was God was trying to wake people up to make sure that they're right with the Lord, to, to get us praying and spending time in the Word, because we're not exempt from persecution or judgment. And Amen. Peter said, judgment begins in the house of the Lord, house of God. Uh, Paul said, in the last days, perilous times will come, and he was speaking to the church about those things. That's right. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus says, the many trials and tribulations, you'll enter the kingdom of heaven, he is telling us that it's not going to be easy. And I, I believe that the judgment and things we're seeing come to the church are, are you know, number one, we, we have made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes as a pastor. Uh, I've made a lot of mistakes as, as trying to lead a church in those things. Uh, but the Lord has been faithful to me. And, and I don't know why, of, of, of all people, he gave me a dream and I put it on Facebook and it went as far as it did because that was not my intention. But it's, I believe it's waking people up to come back Amen. to their first love. It's drawing people back to knowing who he is and doing all they can to make a difference in our world. Because let's say, let's say the rapture happens very, very soon. Well, until it happens, we have time. And Paul said to work while it's day. So our responsibility now, if we've been woke up to something, is to do something about it. So Amen. Amen. we need to take the work while we can. To fall back in love with our first love to repent, to have a change in our mind, a change in our heart, and to turn from the ways that dishonor the Lord. You know, one one of my friends, his name's Jonathan Kahn. You might know him. He wrote a very popular book called The Harbinger. And we were having yes. dinner, and, and, and he said to me, he goes, we're entering into a season of the abolition of gray, where gray is going to be destroyed, and it's either black or white. And I got this image, Pastor Dana, of... Of in the spirit realm, imagine the church standing upon the fence. They're on the fence. And it's a balancing act to stay there, to stay in that middle ground, to balance on the fence. It's a balancing act. Now imagine just for the sake of analogy, that a crazy, horrific in the spirit realm, 9.0 earthquake hit while they're trying to do a balancing act on that fence. Well, what's going to happen? They're going to be violently thrown to one side or the other. And I believe yes. that what is coming is a shaking that is going to abolish the gray. 
You will not have the opportunity. You will not have the privilege, so to speak, to be in the middle, to do a balancing act on that fence. Then when the shaking comes, you will be forced to one side or the other. And this is a time of repentance. This is a time to get your heart right with Jesus. You know, uh, and you saw this, Pastor Dana. You saw, uh, since the, the three dreams went viral, I believe you had another, and I, and I do know for a fact because I watched it, but I believe you had another dream about persecution coming to the body of Christ. Can you share a little bit about that dream? Yeah, uh, that dream happened probably the same week that I had had the one about the coins, probably the weekend of when everything was going on. But uh, I was in a field looking down at a field at night, Actually, it was Thursday night, June 25th. I've got it written here. I was looking down at a field at night, and the field was the field was, was full of wolves that were sleeping. Um, and they weren't light-colored wolves. They were very dark, heavily furred wolves. Uh, they were all sleeping and not moving. And I saw a figure come rushing in that was entirely covered in black. And uh, he had no face, no color, no race. Had nothing to do with uh, background. It was just almost like a ring rake from the Lord of the Rings, you know, if you're, if you're familiar mm -hmm. with the, the, the Hobbit stories. Very much. Uh, and the figure who in had this large whip and uh, with what appeared to be like a big bolt at the, at the end of it. And he began hitting these sleeping wolves. And he was hitting every single one of them. And they were, he was whipping them into a frenzy and a pain and hostility. And then they growled at the attacker, but they did not approach him or appear to threaten him. They seemed to be intimidated by him, but he was obviously their master. And the more he beat them, the, their eyes began to glow red, almost like an LED light glowing off of the wolves. Mm. And he whipped them all until every single one of them had been hit. And they were growling and bristling up on their backs. And then all the wolves gathered around the figure, almost like they circled him. And he stood in the middle, and he pointed to his right, and he turned. So that his finger covered every aspect of the, of the, uh, the, the location, the region around him, like he was pointing. And then he basically, he basically said, go into the cities. And the wolves took off running as fast as they could, and they, they, they were growling, they were nipping at each other, um, just in a frenzy. And the scene changed, and I'm standing in front of a large, like almost like a large mo uh, wall of monitors, of TV monitors. And I'm looking at preachers and pastors, including myself. Uh, pastors and missionaries, people that I recognize in ministry, and they were and they were uh, every color, black, white, every race, every nation. I saw men, I saw women, and they were preaching, and they were preaching a very hard and an aggressive gospel. And each of them was covered in sweat, like they'd been doing this for hours. And the harder they preached, the harder they sweat. There was like a, a steam coming off of their heads, like the intensity, you know. So I knew they were preaching very hard very aggressively, and they were preaching the true gospel. They were calling things sin. They were dealing with the issues that need to be addressed, and they were addressing the challenges of the morality in our nation, and they were not backing down from the truth of God's word. And, as, and then I'm standing in my own pulpit in my own church, and I'm preaching to people in my own church, people who I recognize. And most of the people who were in the back of the church were not listening. They were asleep. They were distracted. They were looking at their watches or their, their Fitbits, their, their phones. They were playing games on their phones, and they were not paying attention at all to what was being said. And towards the front of the church, though, there was a, a, a core group of people that were praying at the altar, and they were listening, they were amening, and they were supporting what, what I was saying. You know, and they were all on their knees praying. And then as I was watching the screens again, 
I realized that every pastor who was preaching had the same kind of crowd. You had the people in the back who were not listening and not caring, and you had the people in the front who were praying. But the, the people in the front were always a smaller number than those in the back. Uh, there were multitudes in the pews and the chairs, uh, but a few praying in front. And, and at that moment, there were howls outside of all the churches that I was watching. And the people at the front turned while they were praying because they sensed something was coming. So the people, the people at the, in the front, back, the people at the front that were sitting and praying and sitting at the feet of Jesus, they were the ones that were able to hear the wolves outside. They took note. They heard the wolves. They, they took note. And then suddenly the doors began to, like, I, I have two miniature schnauzers in my office right now. You probably heard them go crazy a minute ago when someone <laughs> knocked on my door. Uh, but like when an animal scratches the door, you know, you hear it, and begin to hear the animal scratches at the door and the doors opened and these wolves began to come in and walked up and down between the pews and the people in the back wow. did not even know they were there. Wow. Uh, they did not come near the front of the people that were praying and listening, but they, they began to climb up into the chairs and the pews and they began to sit by the people who were sleeping or distracted. And, and arms would kind of like begin to pet the wolves. They had no idea the danger that these animals posed. or, or did. They began to pet the wolves and stroke the back of the wolves. And then the, the wolves began to growl at the message the preachers were preaching. And they began to bristle. And then those eyes gl- began to glow red as they, as they uh, were hearing the message. Then they began to rub up against the people. And they were irritated, sitting beside like they needed to you know, do something or go outside or whatever. But they were sitting beside the people. They began to rub and, and nuzzle up against these people and almost like making them mad. They were agitating the people that were sitting beside them. And the eyes of the people became, became red too, but not like the, the glowing LED lights. It was almost like they'd been woken up from sleep and they were angry and mad. And, and the more the wolves bristled and growled, they kept knocking against the people until finally the people began to say things like, shut up, quit preaching. We don't want to hear this. That's not right. That's not fair. You can't say that. I can do what I want to do. And the people were getting angry. And some were leaving, some were mocking. And that's when the wolves came up to the pulpit area. And they, they circled the pulpits. They were nipping at the legs of the preachers, including myself. And they started biting legs. And, and But the pastors, we just kept preaching the truth. And even though it was causing them, them great pain, and I saw on the screen some of the preachers were being pulled to the ground by these multiple wolves and were being mauled. And yet they continued preaching with all they could do. It was like a Stephen moment. And, 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 and they would not stand down. And the last image I saw was blood-covered, scarred preachers leaning leaning on their pulpits and still preaching as hard as they could. And some of them were dying in their pulpits, and others were limping to their seats, you know, just as the message ended, trying to live. And, and the scene then changed to a courtroom. And I saw gavels coming down and the hand of judges with, with angry, hostile faces. And I saw judges pointing at men and women telling them to stop preaching, to stop declaring certain lifestyles of sin, to stop demonizing abortion, to stop being discriminatory against uh, all these, you know, different things that were going on. And, and I saw oak and old-style wooden pulpits that were being just beaten to pieces with, with hammers and, and axes. And I saw people surrounding preachers and Christians and believers throwing rocks at, at them and things and mocking them. And, and then I woke up, and, and I hit it. Uh, this dream probably got me more than the other dreams because I was watching yeah. people that I knew, faces of preachers. I'm, not, I'm talk, not talking TV people. I'm talking people that I know personally in the pulpit that are committed to preaching the Word because— 
as much as there's a lot of lukewarmness, I know I've got friends that I know are preaching the word. I know there are people in our churches that are core groups that are praying and trusting God to move and that have not, not have, have not abandoned the ship because everybody's left or gotten mad. There are pastors and preachers that are still preaching the gospel Thank as hard Lord, as they Jesus. can, knowing it's going to cause offense. But I saw the attack, almost as if these things were being unleashed in the church, just a little, a few days, the last two days, I've had people send me, a lot of people sent me the same video of some protesters outside of a church. I'm not sure where it's at, but a lady with a small baby and two kids are trying to walk into the church, and the people are just harassing her. Why are you taking that baby to church? And they start chanting, save that child, save that child, but they're harassing the person who's trying to walk into not just a safe place, but a place where she's going to hear the Word of God and be encouraged with the fellowship. And I just saw the uh, in the dream, and I, this one didn't wake me up with a heart rate, but my, I woke up just weeping because I was realizing what's coming to the church because we've not pre- preached the gospel, we've not stayed faithful to preach and teach the things we need to teach. We've been we've compromised, and I, as a pastor, I've made plenty of mistakes. There's been times I should I should have said things a lot stronger than I did, and I've had people leave the church because of messages that I preached and certain things that I've said and dealt with. But I believe there's a there is a huge attack rising up from inside the church of people who used to come, who were born and raised in the church. They went to college, and instead of getting educated, they got indoctrinated. And, 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 and they hate the gospel. They hate the truth of the word. And they're gonna, they're, that group is going to rise up from inside the church. It's not going to be the, the protesters. Out. The are wolves the are the... Mm-hmm. I, I think the wolves are just agents of the enemy sent to disrupt and distract and, and, and help... And, get people to disown and because it agitated them to the point that they said, I don't want to hear this anymore. And the, the, the hard gospel is a true gospel. And I'm not talking, we call everybody this and that. We, we identify everything we can, but the Lord, if you lays it on your heart to say, we got to deal with these certain things, we got to deal with these certain sins and everything now that, that is, is blasphemous or sinful is being celebrated. And I believe the Lord was trying to show me that there's coming a day when every pastor, including myself will be mocked and ridiculed and persecuted for preaching the gospel as the word of God states it should be preached. Amen. So those hard those parallels that Paul talked about, they're not just in the world, they're coming to the church. And we're already beginning to see those things. And 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 the perilous times that Paul talked about, you know, it wasn't just for those churches in Nigeria and Africa and in the Middle East and Indonesia where they're killing Muslims and Christians. Those perilous times are coming here where we live. He wrote that book, that that letter universal to the church. But so I believe we, as a pastor, I'm trying to pray more, be in the Word more, uh, pray for more of the Holy Spirit in my life, pray for more boldness, more courage, to not be afraid to not be beat down, and in the middle of an army, to not be afraid to lift my eyes like Stephen and, and preach what I know I've... Mm. That's what that, that the dream meant to me, was that it's coming, and we got to be ready, and we got to be energized and in the Spirit enough that we're not afraid to call sin, sin. And call it what it is and deal with it. Amen. A- Amen, Pastor Dana. L- listen, I appreciate your sensitivity to the Lord. You and I, brother, we are on the same team. We are on the same team. And and, and I'm and I'm glad we're on the same team. I, I, I thank the, the Lord for you and uh, the words that you've given. And uh, I just want to thank you for even just being on the broadcast today. Just that, just cling to Jesus. And, and for those watching, like I say every week, get into your word 
Get into your word. It is a daily thing. Fall in love with Jesus. Apply his teachings. It's difficult. The word of God never said the Christian life was going to be easy. But our life here is but a vapor. We will spend all of eternity with Jesus in heaven. We're just pilgrims right now. Our mission here is to get from point A to point B and take as many people to heaven with us as we possibly can. Pastor Dana, thank you so much for being on the program today. Right before we leave, can you just tell the audience, you know, there's going to be so many people that even just watch this show that that, that want to find you. Where can they listen to you? Where can can they watch you, your sermons and and everything like that? Our, Our church website on Facebook is Living Word Ministries AG. Um, our uh, website is Living Word Ministries Burksville, and uh, we're on. We have our own LWM video channel. Uh, I'm of course on Facebook. I know a lot of folks have tried to friend me. Uh, it, it was actually kind of uh, shut down for a little bit because I had so many friend requests. Uh, but we're we're out there on the web. We have a website uh, you can go to uh, Living Word Ministries Burksville, some of God. And uh, we're trying to update that as we can. We, we were averaging about, you know, maybe 80 views a week and now we're getting several thousand a week. Yeah. So uh, the other thing I realized that this has done is that it is everything I say for the rest of my life will be scrutinized, analyzed, criticized or, or, or sanitized. <laughs> and so, you know, it, I, I never expect I'm in uncharted territory. So I, I appreciate sure. you having me on. I appreciate the the. Uh, the, uh, the tone of the interview and the questions you've asked and your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and the Lord. Um, I, I really, really do appreciate that. And I, it's been an honor to be on your show. And uh, I pray it blesses people. I pray it encourages the body of Christ to get where we need to be so we can make a difference before the Lord comes. Amen. Praise God. Go and follow Pastor Dana Coverstone. And uh, for everyone watching, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. 